Welcome back to UOP Studies. Today, my guest is Camilla Zhang. She is a hypnotherapist uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia, and she also happens to study in the phenomenon of uh, abduction and hypnotherapy for abductees. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on the show, Camilla. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, when you got initially interested into doing these sort of like um, therapies, mm -hmm. did you ever think that one day you would end up in the abduction phenomenon aspect of it? Oh, no, no. Um, no, I went to hypnotherapy school to learn how to change people's, you know, tap into people's subconscious mind so that their life would become better. Um, helping them with uh, mental, emotional, behavioral, um, and those sorts of levels. That's what I studied. But um, I think it's my clients who who got me into this phenomenon because uh, in hypnosis, people um, can have some spontaneous um, regression um, experience. And uh, some of them just decided to started to speak as a little child, and it's very strange for me, but um, um, to know what when they were describing their experiences, but you know, I was trained to go with it rather than using my own limitation of belief to stop it. So that's how I got started. Now, um, uh, I, I still remember the first case really, and just as spontaneously happened. And after that, I've been because of this fascination of people's subconscious memories. So I started to write about it on my own blog. And because of that, some people purposefully were looking for some uh, hypnotherapist for this uh, regression of uh, um, you know abduction experiences. So they that they found me, and because of me daring to write about it and openly put it on my blog post, I got to work with more people. Um, um, you know, in this field from all over the world, really. Now, have you found that, um, uh, were there similarities between the stories you would hear? Because these people don't know each other, um, the people that you work with, but did you find that they had similarities to their story that you're kind of like, huh, that's an odd detail to keep occurring? Yeah. Um, like, of course, <laughs> the most similarity is how fearful when this happens, <laughs> they feel. And uh, because it's that fear of the unknown, and it's uh, literally out of the world experiences, so that they they hang on to, you know, tight to the fear, and um, even in the experience itself, they eventually they they you know got into a room, and there's some experience they describe, but uh, of course those like higher technology is always what they say, and. Uh, so normally I would encourage them not to define because we don't have definition. We don't even have those a lot of those uh, things. They would describe some, you know, like a table or some equipment. Um, even in their description of how those uh, beings who were do, you know, conducting those kind of experiments or what have you, um, sometimes it feels like very medical to them. Uh, they they in the trance state I would normally give them like a pad of paper and a pen and then, you know ask them to stay in the hypnotic trance but open their eyes and draw them if they would so some of the drawings they they put onto paper in a hypnotic trance would be quite also um, similar like you know typical those big eyes <laughs> kind of triangular. <laughs> 
face kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, the the typical greys of as they're sort mm. of known now. Um and uh, I've heard there's different variations that um in ufology have recently found this out that uh, you know, there's what they call brown grays and like they're almost different skin tones. Mm. Um, have you had many variations of that within the regressions? Like, have you mm. heard about different looking ones at all? Yes. Uh, sometimes I would say, uh, even in the same room, for example, there are people, uh, beings, I'm not going to say people, and uh, beings who would uh, um, like operating uh, like technicians. And then they would say, but they are instructed by someone who looks very different. Now, um, example would be the typical what you would call like a tall white. Um, I've heard that. So so like even physically it would be looking very differently. I do have sometimes people have some other kind of description like three fingers. I've heard that, and uh, looking a little more like um, I don't know what would you say those uh, uh, almost like insect looking <laughs> beings. Wondering if you found that more of one demographic was more uh, forthcoming with the information. Like, have you mm -hmm. found that this is similar in the Asian community or the Punjabi uh, community that we have here? Um, have you found one to be more silent than the other? Ah, very good question. Uh, I would say in my practice, more uh, white, more Caucasian. Are more forthcoming? Yeah. Yeah, they would just seek me out and work on that level. Um, doesn't mean other other um, uh, cultural uh, backgrounds they don't have it, but uh, for some reason they didn't uh, find me much. Or maybe it's like culturally because it's just something that they just have to dismiss. They exactly. don't look into it, right? Yeah, yeah. So they so they may have some strange experience, but they just you know, well, maybe I was daydreaming or something. It's very easy to dismiss by using those languages right or i imagine it or made it up or yeah because i even in a, i work with a lot of uh, uh punjabi co-workers mm -hmm. uh, of course they all grew up here in canada born in canada but culturally because of the way that you know their their parents were raised there's certain things you talk about certain things it's just like you know if it makes you look crazy don't do that you know um right. and they dismiss it and i'm always wondering like because we have a lot of people in the Surrey area that are mm -hmm. Punjabi and Surrey is very active. And I always wondered, like, there's got to be some that have had these amazing experiences, amazing whether being terrifying or not, yeah. but amazing experiences, and they're not saying anything about it. Um, and, and that's always bugged me because I think there's a lot more people out there that are abducted that are not coming forward or don't seek help. Um, what would you say to a person that, you know, let's say are listening to this, and they think that something like that happened to them, what 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 would you tell them? Well, um, it, you know, for example, seeing a hypnotherapist is not really the first thing people think about. And uh, they would brush it out. They would live their life and uh, uh, trying to fit in in whatever way. But some, my clients would tell me, you know, they've been thinking about it for a while. Um, and until the nagging feeling inside them couldn't just let them have peace. And then they would uh, seek me out. So what I would tell them is uh, it would, like normally what we say, that only the truth can set you free. Um, so to 
to know the truth as like for example investigation is a scientific kind of attitude right towards like I don't know let's find out um, and uh, it, a lot of people find it's very lonely they don't they don't talk about it because people think they're crazy right and uh, they they can't share and they want to belong um, you, you know, organization like like this MUFON, right? It's it's good because then people have the safe place to actually to talk about it. Yeah, and I would say with people that are in that field, so there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, believability, at least an open mind, so you can talk to openly about what you think might have happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we could look further into that because that's exactly what we study is we study this phenomenon. We are interested mm-hmm. No stories, but I'm interested in because as an investigator, we shouldn't be. And I've been recommended by many others on the show so far not to get involved really on the abduction phenomenon because it deals with the psyche. Mm -hmm. Uh, It deals with emotions, anything like that. If you're not, you know, a trained professional, you shouldn't be handling that. Uh, When would you suggest like what uh, evidence or little things should an investigator be looking for that would imply that somebody might have been taken or somebody might have had an abduction experience in order to recommend them to have hypnotherapy? Mm. Um, so whatever happens, even though sometimes the conscious mind doesn't remember, but uh, uh, whatever our, our psyche or, or or even body has gone through, we always remember it. We call that the subconscious memory. And the body is part of the subconscious mind. And so if there's something that gets our attention, it's like, oh, um, you know, UFO, everybody knows it, but doesn't mean everybody's interested in, in it. But if you find strangely you have that strange, weird interest in it, there's more chance than not. There's more, you are more involved than that. And also some... Um, Sometimes night terrors or, or, or dreams, you think you have a dream about something so outworldly, but maybe you have an encounter, really. Um, so uh, some some markers need this to say. Sometimes people even you know take photos of their skin and to show me there's some markers on their, their skin that they cannot explain. And uh, those people normally have weird dreams, too, not quote-unquote dreams. Um, so those uh, are the you know signs. Maybe something happened, and you still have that in the subconscious mind. Hypnotherapy, we just primarily work with what we would call the subconscious mind or the unconscious mind, because we believe everything you have ever experienced is still stored in that um, subconscious memory bank. People say, I, "I don't have a memory. I lost memory." No, we do not lose memory. We may lose access to a certain memory in certain state. But in a in a hypnotic state, we can, you know, let the surface level of the mind, like conscious mind, you know, it's like when the surface level of the water is still, you can see more clearly what's underneath, right? Right. And when the surface level is like rippling and wavy, and even though something is still there underneath the water, but we don't see it. It. So is it that our reaction maybe to post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. leads us to mask it somehow with either uh, feelings emotions or because these people tend to look like they have post-traumatic stress uh, stress uh, mm-hmm. sy- symptoms 
Uh, and I'm just wondering, is it always at night when they're dreaming that they're having these experiences? Or have you had people that mm-hmm. are talking, being conscious throughout the day and then having an experience? Oh, yeah. Throughout the day, like they would, you know, I had people um, who would, uh, you know, they, during the day in the city, crossing the street as when she was crossing the street and she randomly looked up and there it was. There is like some flying object. And uh, and of course, it's uh, for her. For example, it was quick, and so she did notice. And that flying object was real for her. And um, and when she looked around, nobody else seemed to be noticing that. And now, in that very moment, she said, "I just felt something else was going on inside her. It's almost like that showing of that flying object in that moment when she was crossing the street, with many people in the street actually." And some something inside her was remembered. <laughs> so, um, and it's like some the deep memory was remembered. So maybe even that flying object was there to help her remember something. No, anyway, that's uh, the trigger for her to come to see me. Um, and um, yes, PTSD is a, is a reaction we had towards it. It's. It, the experiences itself, maybe it's traumatic or maybe it's even not, but we can perceive that as a traumatic experience because we don't know what's going on. And uh, that could be carried on so that people get caught up into, I want to know it, but I don't want to. I want to know it, but I don't want to. You you understand that? Yeah, it's the needing to know, but you're also terrified. Scared, exactly. And yeah. so, you see how hard it is to be me? <laughs> it's like, between I want to yeah. know and I don't want to know it, where do I stand? But I deal with that a lot. Now, I even have a, a, a very interesting story, like a gentleman, he 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 contacted me um, because he believed he had this experience and it's so real. He collected a lot of um, even uh, notes and newspaper clips, of, like we talked about like, over 10 years ago, the experience. And he was so traumatized and he 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 wanted so badly to convince me it did happen, and at the same time, if I were to believe him, he would say, "Are you nuts? You believe me?" <laughs> so it's like right because oh, yeah, yes. Because I, I I've always wondered how somebody comes back from having a more conscious experience because I think some people it's so buried that they're not going to remember it. But those that have had one that is close to the surface that they can remember, how do you go back to living a regular life after that? How do you go back to facing somebody else that still perceives reality the same way they did yesterday, but yours just changed dramatically? Um, Have you found that to be an effect that these abductees have had? Yeah, so they go back and live their life and uh, do whatever they do. Um, give other people whatever uh, they choose to believe. I, I mean, you know, it's just down to the point of um, let me live and I will let other live. Like live and let live. Everybody holds their own beliefs and it's not my job to for, for whatever other people should believe. People believe all sorts of things. The issue, especially for this one, that people have a hard time mm-hmm. at least wrapping their heads around is to be taken against their will Mm. Um, and the thing is 
because we're dealing in this phenomenon that's really weird, it's you're taken against your will at any location, any location. It doesn't matter if you live in a basement, a high rise. I remember Bud Hopkins had that famous case where um, that lady had been taken from a high rise downtown New York and it was witnessed by a diplomat of another country with his two guards and they went went and checked on her the following day Mm -hmm. and explained to her what they had seen and that but hopkins never let that one go like he was adamant this was his big one and it probably was um, because this one actually had people from a government association actually witnessing an abduction at night Uh, do you think there's more of a correlation with the nighttime abduction than there is with the daytime? Like, is it easier you think, um, for adoption during the night? Yeah. A lot of, uh, um, at nighttime in my work and I, my perception is nighttime because your conscious mind, the guard is already off and becomes more, um, problem free for those beings who's doing that. And, uh, but I, that said, I do have a lot of, uh, like, you know, people talk about driving down the highway and, um, somehow, um, saw something like a UFO and pulled over to take a closer look or take a picture. And then next thing they know they were in it. And that's during the day. And how often do you get those cases like the daytime versus the nighttime? Okay. So I would say, a. Uh, 35% during the day and 65% night. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So somebody has one at night. Um, what is their typical, like, are they all the same or is there like specific things that like one may experience something different than the other, but is there a common thread as to what happens to them at night? Okay. So like I would uh, suspect there are many cases like that when the person is completely asleep, you know, during and after. So those people don't even have any recollection, any 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 memory at all, right? And uh, but then uh, the typical things that people go back in time in regression would be they they somehow um, you know woke up from their sleep either by light, you know, they perceive some white light, or by the intense fear already and so the fear woke them up and then they start to notice uh, some beings around them and or they just feel almost like a being you know levitated some sometimes they would say it's like not in bed anymore this since the sensation itself woke them up so that's what mm. they normally describe is it like um a pulling sensation that they feel is it just a levitation being light? Yeah, like always try to get them to talk about it. But it's funny enough in my work, and normally the first thing they know, they're in bed and feeling fear and feeling other beings around them, feeling helpless. And next thing they knew, I always wanted to know how the beaming, so to speak, happened. But then the next thing they always tell me, next thing they knew, they're on the table. In a in a in a room like they would describe as oval, uh, white room, no no shadow. <laughs> right, it's all lit. The floor is lit, the same as the walls and the same as the ceiling. Yeah. It's all yeah. yeah, it's all white. Yeah, yeah no, this um, 
they mention this every time too that sometimes the walls just seem to meld into the floor and the floor melds into the table that is in the middle of like everything's melded into each other almost as if it's 3d printed very good um, it wasn't very good the descriptive words sometimes my clients even i think they meant exactly that but they didn't even have the words to describe it yeah yeah and uh, uh travis walton mentioned that that when he was on the craft um and he woke up and he saw the entities he freaked out and he went to a tray where they had some sort of devices and he grabbed what he could only consider it as being like a glass tube but again it's always that it looks like it's never an exact we have no point of reference for any of this material it's all alien to us so he he grabs this thing and he starts swinging it at them and the minute he does they leave the room um, but he was then observing the room and he could see that everything was melded into each other like there was a seat the seat melted into the wall, which melted into the floor. Yeah. Uh, like the same way as we have like 3D printers now that could do that. Wow. Uh, it, and I always thought that was fascinating because Bob Lazar said the same thing. Mm -hmm. And these the, these people that are being abducted often say that as well. So I think it's definitely a common thread. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a thread there. There's a, some truth to that, which to me gives it a little bit more validity, especially if you hear it amongst many different people. Right. Um, is, is there a certain procedure that you think is more common that happens to the your your clients? Is it random? Um, like sometimes is it just like a visitation? No, I think the, it, what I felt from my client work is always purposeful for them. They don't do random things. So they... So the procedure for them would be, you know, general checkup first. And... Uh, and uh, then they would uh, observe. I, I got a lot of um, observation. And so, like, for example, if someone on the table feeling so fearful, for them, they were uh, more or less emotionless. And But they are very interested in observing even fear becomes part of their observation, like an emotional state. And yeah, so that's uh, so the reaction we receive, and sometimes people would say even they get some, some message from them, and uh, whatever that message, it's very individual. So I don't feel it's random. Like you know, they don't know who to take, take whoever. I feel there there is that more or less uh, purpose in that. Or even some people tell me, of course, on a on a personal level. Uh, they feel they could totally against my will. But some people actually said there was a deeper agreement, but I just forgot. I've heard that before too. Hmm. Almost like they somehow forgot how they consented to it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So have, is there any um, childhood things that leads into adult things? Or are you getting people that just have had experiences since adulthood but don't have anything from childhood because that's been sort of a common thread as well in the abduction uh, phenomenon. Most of people would have had the experience in childhood. That, that's where they start. I, I do have occasional people say, no, it's just now or start in their adolescence. But most people actually, because of the regression, they would remember one thing to another say, oh, it started much earlier, younger than that. In that hypnotic state, they would tell me. So with the um, there was a study that was done in the American Health magazine on the recovery rates from um, with hypnotherapy 
and it was as high as like 93% of recovery weeks about uh, recovery rates, I should say, mm-hmm. um, after like six sessions. Have you found that to be the same in the abduction phenomenon? Like, does it get better or is there still areas that you just can't get through? Uh, well, first, if the re- mem- memory is not registered for some reason, then there isn't, you know, there's no registration, then there is no record. <laughs> so then there's nothing to get through, right? But as long as there is that emotional registration, so to speak, what is registered in their memory bank can be accessed. So Bud Hopkins and uh, John Mack, which were like the two really early onset psychologists actually looked into the abduction phenomena, specifically uh, John Mack, because he was like the head of Harvard psychiatry or something like that and it was like oh such a shock in the 90s when he was studying the abduction but he actually started to think that there was something there because of all the common threads and i'm just wondering because you're in that field is there still a stigma in your line of work on the abduction phenomenon you mean like in my field other hypnotherapists yes yes well i'm I'm sure 100 percent. that's why um people most of the people I work with in this UFO abduction are online because not, not even local. Um, and it's not hard for them to find a local hypnotherapist, but uh, not every hypnotherapist would like to go there. Have you found that your interest in it or maybe any believability, like has that changed for you throughout the years having worked with uh, your clients? Do you yeah. think there's something behind the phenomenon? Yeah, like I'm just super curious, <laughs> really. That's that's what enables me. Like I want to know what's there and I don't hold any beliefs so that I can, you know, create and uh, facilitate an experience. But I want, uh, I believe the truth can set you free. Now everybody holds their own truth for sure. Um, but even their truth in their memory can can set themselves free. And I, I love facilitating this kind of work. It like I don't, I don't believe, but I, my job really in that hypnotic state is to ask the right question at the right time, and right. any answer that flows through, I will welcome. I will not judge. Like normally, I, my instruction for my clients in a state is, don't define it, describe it. That's what normally I, I tell people. Don't make sense of it, but send, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. So don't try to describe it because you'll have no point of reference. Just no, describe it. it, but don't define it. Don't tell. Don't make sense. Then you tell me it. Just sense it. Like ah. whatever is you know. You you. I ask people to use the language of the you know the shape and the color and the size and whatever. Just let it flow through you. Do the best of your ability because everything can be potentially lost in language. And I understand it, right? And so I know whatever you say to me may not be exactly it, but just it helps me to ask my next question, really, knowing what's going on. Oh, that's great. See, just that in of itself, knowing that what they went through, they can't quite describe in in words. That's profound because that's a limitation of our species, right? Right. We're bound to words and the only way we can communicate um, is through words. Whereas if I could telepathically... Yes. show you um, mm. and you would feel what I feel right mm. we don't have the ability yet 
Maybe Elon Musk will change that with his whole neural net thing that he's working on. But right now we don't have that. So that communication, there's lost a lot of information that we're losing because we can only communicate in words. Yeah. And words are limited, right? Totally. It's like people live in North. They have way more richer words to describe, to to, to call uh, uh, snow, right? Like we only have snow. But snow for people... In the snowy places, they, they are different. They have a lot of vocabulary for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's a limitation. That's what I'm looking at a lot within ufologies. Where's our blind spots as a species? Where's our limitation and where's our weaknesses? Because I think if we start focusing on that, we would realize that maybe we're missing mm. a lot of crucial information. And I think one of them, because it's such a stigma, even within the own uh UFO or ufologist community is the abduction phenomenon. Some people believe absolutely adamantly we're being visited. Yes, these are crafts, but no, they don't think that people are being taken. And I think, no, I think it's people being taken, the cattle mutilation, the sightings, they're all one and the same thing. Um, It's, have you given with the recent development of, like the states revealing that UFOs do exist, the mm. Pentagon admitting it, now the Senate forming that special task force. Mm. Do you think that's going to give more credibility to the abduction phenomenon eventually? Because it has to. I, I'm sure because still most people listen to government, right? And yes. when the government steps up to say that, then they say, oh, yeah, I know that all along, but then they feel more like safe to come up, come out. I'm, I'm still amazed at how many people might be out there that have had amazing stories that we'll, we'll never know because they buried it or that it's just not something they talked about and they forgot about it. Exactly. Um, what I, 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 I knew many years ago, I said, well, I really can't wait for the government to, you know, have the disclosure because I know when that day happens, my business is going to really start to boom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And even if, you know, if they acknowledge that UFOs are real, that these are crafts that we don't understand where they're from, how they operate, and they're potentially extraterrestrial, that means that anything that is subcategorized under UFO also now holds some form of validity, meaning the cattle mutilation, the abduction phenomenon, mm. um, the thought reading, all that sort of stuff, all the different aspects to it. I think they're all connected. They're all part of the same thing. Um, Experiment, governments, uh, I don't know, shepherds. I don't know what to call these things, but they obviously have the superiority on us. Uh, I'm I'm curious as to what the religious people that have these experiences, um, (laughs) what's their take on this? Have you had religious people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they they try they would try to fit the experience itself into their belief, and so translate through that. Yes, but is that like a human trait? Are we like Camilla? Are we naturally prone to do that? Like to try to categorize or put it in a box right away because that's how we think. I'm sure. Yeah, that's not how the mind works. Scary. Yeah, because the thing is, if it takes them out, like a UFO or abduction scenario, especially if you're mm-hmm. extremely religious, would yeah. um, sort of break reality as you know it and kind of make you feel like maybe you're losing your nuts and bolts. Um, 
like I mentioned, I used to be on a worship team, a church. I used to be a religious person, but mm-hmm. I've had um, at least two UFO experiences in my life that I just said, I have to call bullshit when I see it. So I left the church and I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody who goes to church. I'm just saying for me, it mm-hmm. no longer gave me the answers. Now I had bigger questions to ask uh, because of those uh, experiences. And the people that are coming to you mm-hmm. with these experiences are they trying to resolve what happened to them or is it an ongoing thing with them like are is there a reoccurrence or is this a one off well mostly uh, most people would have multiple experiences and some would say uh, most and uh, majority of people would say that's uh, done I'm done and they are done with me and whatever they need uh, there's a like almost like telepathic knowing and some people say there there will be more but rarely is one-off experience. Um, there was a case in the, the Allagash incident in the States. Uh, it took place in back in the 70s. It was two twin brothers with two friends fishing. And they had a one-off where they were on a boat at night fishing. And they decided to flash with their flashlight um, on this glowing orb that was flying over the lake. And they got taken. But they didn't remember it until later years when they were just getting these nightmares there was always this reoccurring nightmare um is that an indication for people could it be that you could just have a nightmare because you're fearful of abductions yeah so the nightmare normally indicates the um unfinished business in a way that the emotions were not resolved and so they conveniently mentally they decided i'm not going to remember it so that's how they, you know, when we were younger, how we cope. I'm not going to remember as if I can forget it. So life continues on. Uh, but if there's like trapped emotions as fear in that incident, then they will play out as nightmare later on. As a, as a reoccurrence. Yeah. And is that how a lot of people start finding out that maybe something happened to them? Exactly. Yeah. That's how um, sometimes people start to feel maybe something happened. So what they do, they first they go to Google, and uh, so they, they do research. And uh, luckily, a lot of people um, they speak up, and uh, they find other people are talking about a quite similar experience, and they link into the bits they remember. They say, "Oh, maybe something more to that." And uh, so they that's how they further Google. They find me. And, uh, oh, you know, like I have people, it's like uh, abduction. It's only a part of what I do. I still am, a, I still help people quit smoking and lose weight kind of thing. Right. And, uh, but, uh, when people find me, they, they start to contact me. They write so much to me. It's almost like finally they have this inner knowing someone is willing to listen to me, even though we're still strangers. It's the first email. Normally those people write like pages and pages of description to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's huge in and of itself. That means that it means something big time to them. It means something big time. It means they just wanted to let it out, wanted to talk about it, but nobody around them would listen to them, right? Yeah, no, I've I've, I've heard that time and time and again, just the ridicule that they face yeah. from their own family, much less work. Some people have had to move, yeah. change their names, just because you know they were trying to say something for 10 minutes and... Uh, and the media doesn't help. I mean, the the, the media gets involved. They just make a circus out of it. 
like even you ever see like when they have a like oh you know let's talk about the the ufo subject and then they're, they're gonna have a special guest on and then the intro starts and it's always like a cheesy intro like and they show like flying saucers and little green men just in of itself they just destroyed that interview yeah right because it took away any credibility yeah 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 and i always thought like if they if they do that to just you know the guy that's willing to come on and sure i'll talk about it and then they're like oh you're a goofball let's have you on the show like Mm -hmm. i hate that because it doesn't give any validity doesn't back up ufology at all and most of it it just continues telling people that you should treat this as a joke Mm -hmm. don't pay attention to it Mm -hmm. um and and that's an issue that obviously in ufology we deal with, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and so that's why those people I I feel like some of them may not even hire you know hire me to do the work, whatever situation, but they feel so good to be able to talk. You know. So you're getting letters from people that won't necessarily hire you. They just need to tell somebody that they know. Yeah, like some understands it. The you know financial situation or what have you. And so they, they, but they, they, they decided like over and over. I received long emails like telling me the details, um, and I just feel their need to talk. And I'm okay. I'm totally fine. You know, being there listening. Um, someone has to, and uh, it's it's good for them to know um, someone would be willing to listen. Is it easy to convince oneself that they have been like, have you gotten case where you're like, yeah, I don't think this person is legit. Um, obviously you can't, you know, tell that to the client, but mm-hmm. there's gotta be cases you get where you're like, I think they're, they're willing this a lot more than I think there's evidence for. Or do you find that most people have had a legitimate, like this seems to be something that's actually happened. Say, yeah. I wouldn't say my case, like people who found me, all of them are legit. Um, really, like, why would they do? So, what does it give them? Like, they pay for it. <laughs> it's like they're trying to convince themselves because I don't have, like, they don't have to convince me. Like, I, I, who am I? You know, I'm not a, I'm not somebody. Mm-hmm. And so, they, I'm here to help you to retrieve the memories you have and you think you have lost. Now, um, some people, yeah, one or two cases. Now that I'm talking about it, would come to me not be you know, convinced they had this experience, but they wanted to have a regression to know. And so there were two people who actually were regressed and nothing came up. Right. And so when nothing came up, actually I tell them maybe there there isn't, you just suspected that. And so it's still legitimate experience, but just nothing there. It's like, you know, sometimes you say, hey, doctor, I have this stomachache. I must have this disease. And doctor says, oh, just to go to take some blood test first. And then when the blood test comes back, the doctor says to you, there's nothing wrong with you. But but I still have this pain. Well, there's nothing wrong with you, right? right. It's like that. So me, is like, uh, you know, taking the test and taking to the laying of the subconscious mind to see what's there and then it just to find they just nothing there and uh so they they would say okay maybe i was not abducted and, but so it's still good to work with me to know that right <laughs> yeah and what's the ratio of males to females for people that are coming forward with this mostly males mostly males wow yeah so do you have any theories at this point is that are males more willing to talk about it i would think so i feel safer to talk about it um, a few females 
originally. Like, so one female came to my mind, and she she's like a tomboy, anyways. So right, right. Uh, she's got yeah. a comfort then, a comfort level that she's not, you know, feeling right. Um, do these males feel victimized at all when they're like, what's a, a general yeah. reading on this? Yeah, some of them do, and some of them um, don't, and some of them are just curious, don't know what to think. Mostly, don't know what to think about all of this. Right. Mm. Don't know what to think because they also don't know how to think about it. Yeah, like I have, uh, I have even have people driving from Seattle to see me. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so there's not a lot of people on the West Coast sort of devoted to this. I don't think so. It's it's so funny. Like I was like I was curious. I was like, so when you cross the border and they ask you what you what what are you doing in Canada, what do you say? Do you just tell them you go to see a hypnotherapist for abduction experience? That would be so weird, right? Yeah. And you- they say, well, yeah. Actually, I tell them I'm going to see a hypnotherapist. I didn't just didn't tell them for what. Right. <laughs> And if they ask, tell them. They'll let you right on through. <laughs> they, yeah, they won't ask questions. Just, just go in. Yeah, um, I know because it's it's such a stigmatic thing, and a lot of people mm-hmm. still don't think that this is a, an actual occurrence. But unfortunately, it's happening daily across the world, and it's people in New Delhi, you know, people in the Philippines. Canada, Russia, you name it. it this is, seems to be an occurring thing. I'm just curious as to the necessity behind it uh it seems to be if it's global is it genetic manipulation is it you know there's got to be a purpose these people aren't injured but the sounds of it sounds like they're always returned back to their bedrooms or their vehicles um these creature seems rather benign but it's just the not knowing what are we to them why are they here? That's that's the question that bugs us the most because we couldn't do anything about it if we, even if we wanted to. Um, yeah. I think it's it's a problem, but that's within ufology. I understand not everybody's on that page yet. Um, mm-hmm. the, the 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 biggest smoking gun for me is that people have related. A lot of people have had these instances have had mental illnesses. Do you find that to be the case? Like, is there a lot of people that have at least one or two mental illnesses? And do you think that that's separate from their experience? Could it be related to that experience? Well, first, so I I, I make it clear to my clients, I'm not a licensed medical doctor. So I myself, I cannot diagnose. Um, so for me is they, they either they have already, you know, diagnosed by medical doctors so they tell me what's going on uh, or not or they suspect they have some mental illness but I, I'm not in a position to diagnose for me it's like if you want to work with your subconscious mind the memories I at first I needed to, to know their conscious mind is cognizant it's clear enough if people don't even have that clarity don't even know what they're talking about I would not even work with them because uh, what's the point right, right. it's point is to bring your subconscious memories to your conscious awareness so that you are, you know more clearly what you are dealing with. It becomes easier to deal with when you know what you are dealing with. It's hard to deal with when you don't even know what you are dealing with. And so, so the conscious uh, uh, clarity is important. And so I, you know, occasionally I would turn um, uh, away and say, like, I'm, I don't think I'm the right person to work with you. 
uh, when I have a consultation with them. If they, I, you know, they don't even know what to talk about. Right. But you know, even if people would say I have mental illness, but they know what they're talking about, I'm okay with working with them. That's an investigator wanted to find somebody like you that could help them out to at least refer somebody they think might have had this experience too. Because as investigators, we should not have anything to do with that aspect. That should be somebody like yourself um, that is trained to do this. Uh, how how can they go about that? How can we find um, hypnotherapists more easier? Yeah, like uh, again, as I said, not all the hypnotherapists would like to do the, the you know even in this field we can choose what we work on, right? Everybody mm-hmm. is more comfortable working on one thing or another. Uh, so visit their website. I think that's always a good place to start and uh, see what they pr- present themselves as and uh, have. Uh, have some, you know, chat or consultation with them to to find how comfortable they are. Sometimes even a hypnotherapist is also a human being. We we have our own comfort level, right? right. <laughs> or our own limitation in beliefs. And so someone who can align with you on that, that would be the ideal person to work with. Somebody's dealing with the trauma of an event that took place and they're not dealing with it. Would you encourage them to at least seek out the answers in that? Or can it do more damage if you were to regress a person that is having a hard time dealing with what took place? Yeah, that's it's a very good question. So that we, we're very like a you know, sensitive point here. Um, so uh, I, I would think a, a professional, like you know, for me, like my, my title is a hypnotherapist. So a therapist is my first and foremost uh, job title here. And so I know how to deal with trauma, like I work with even childhood sexual trauma, for example. And, and so, it, yeah, when we can open that up and to kind of, you know, sometimes even re-traumatized. And that's the fear of a lot of people not even wanting to seek help as well. It's just, uh, uh, you know, when, when they had that experience, they, their coping was, let me forget it so that I don't have to deal with it, right? And uh, it would would be okay with for some years and as we discussed earlier the nightmares would come up and uh, and all sorts of things would remind them and so then a lot of people uh, i regress it's not just you know last night i had an abduction experience now i want your help most people would be years ago really so they had years to to seek the some certain answers now my way of doing this in hypnosis myself would have a, you know make sure absolute safety is in place it's like you know you, if you don't have anesthesia you don't want to cut up the the, 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 the body right right so so that's how i would so make sure and i would reassure them and my voice is always there we set up the safe place in their mind that they can always go unconditionally so all of this would be set up so that sometimes i even you know encourage them to to you know looking at the memory without going into the memory like uh, watching a movie you can watch a horror movie still feel safe right and so right yeah yeah, i have my my master to, to deal with that so we don't jump and dive into that memory we go kind of you know children go to swimming pool a little bit of uh so can uh, you know, anybody be hypnotherapy, like um, be under hypnotherapy uh, regression? Or is there some people that just can't? <laughs> okay, I'm going to answer the question this way. Um, probably if I go down the street and grab hold anyone, and I, probably not everybody can. 
But I'm sitting in my office. People find me. People make their trip to me, and those people, yes, they can all of them. Right. It's the wanting to、yes. want the answers. Yes. Okay. So if that is distortion that these people are having, so almost like just when you're at a concert, there's too much noise. You can't hear the instruments.、Um, This is what's happening in these people's minds, in a sense, is where the confusion comes in. So, really, hypnotherapy is just calming that,、um, sort of putting focus back onto the musical instruments. If, if my、uh, uh, what do you call it, my jiggy right here, is making any sense, but that's really what hypnotherapy does. It just reduces the noise and allows you to focus on the、yeah. music, right,、um, and then what took place. Uh, and yeah, I've always I, found that fascinating. My analogy would be this:、uh, Yeah, music is a very good analogy. But my analogy would be this: Like you, you somehow this already happened. So,、uh, whatever happened in the past, something was registered in you. That that's what we call a memory. And so it's in your subconscious mind. It's like a movie that's made. Maybe it's a three D movie because you went through it. But it's when a movie is made. We can rewatch the movie again and again and again many times, and so the hypnosis regression would be like watching the movie together with a professional. And so, like, imagine yourself watching a movie that's made in a moment in time in the past. Now with a remote control, so that you can actually fast forward, or rewind, or pause, or mute, or do so- all sorts of things. And you know, we all have this experience—the same exact same movie. When we watch it again, we always get something new out of it, right? Right. So that、mm-hmm. new detail that you never paid attention to—a cup that was in the background that you never saw there before—or yeah, so we、um, want. We, so I would take sometimes even one particular event in that memory. I would say, "Let's go back again." When I count from three to one, go right back to that moment you said this and you were on this, and then go through again. And so just like rewind a particular. Part of the movie, right? Oh, yeah. No, I find that fascinating. The fact that the mind can do that.、Um, is it? Has it happened to you where somebody thought of a detail or mentioned a detail, and then under hypnosis, that detail was actually incorrect? Like, do you find、oh, yeah, corrections yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah,、um, many many times. So they would tell me this happened. That that that. It's a perception, right? But in in hypnosis, I like to say in hypnosis, under sounds. I don't know. In hypnosis, they they would go through that. So I already took a note because I already heard from them. So I would ask this question back to them, and it was, oh no, that's not it. Then their perception changes. They they start to see different. You know, sometimes even driving to Vancouver downtown, I you know the backdrop of the mountain and some of the buildings I would see one way, and as I get closer. I start to see. Oh, those buildings are not in the same street. They are, you know, different streets, but appears to me,、uh, you know, next to each other, some two buildings. If you know what I mean. The depth, depth perception. Yeah. yeah. But in, in actuality, the two buildings that I thought was next to each other on the same street would be a few st- streets away from each other. Right. So just the memory of the details too is、yeah. because memory. Changes every single time. I think that you think of something, you change it a little bit,、um, where it doesn't really reflect what you actually saw. I've heard that many times. Very memory is very very subjective. Yes. Yeah, but the emotion of the event—that one you can trust. 
Because that one, we know what an emotion is. So if somebody says, I was afraid, mm -hmm. um, doesn't remember the event per se, but they remember the fear. And the fear, um, I think, is what reminds people of what took place. I think if we didn't have fear or feelings, um, it would be hard to remember any of these events because most people are terrified. And why shouldn't they be? I would. <laughs> I often say I would probably crap myself if that happened to me. But... Um, seems to be that these people are have no um they mm -hmm. can't move their bodies paralysis seems to be the main thing um yeah. have you had cases where somebody mentions paralysis but while awake oh yeah like that's why they remember right if they're not awake then wouldn't you remember it uh, what happens when i'm asleep like no, normally I don't remember unless it's dreams so yes they're awake but they can't move yeah. So, so like a highway incident, like you were talking about somebody down the road, would it come to the point where they physically could not move or do anything? No, they cannot. They, maybe they can move their eyeballs, but yeah, that's pretty much it. See, that's terrifying, right? Yes, yeah. In like, of itself, it's just that vulnerability. You can't... I'm not in control of my own body. Yeah. yeah. And saying that at any point in time, I could just switch you off like a remote, um, destabilizes... The confidence in oneself i should assume because mm -hmm. you think holy crap i was it's like rape in a sense of just not being able to control what's happening to you and there mm -hmm. are violations that are being done to you but you can't even fight back there's nothing you just yeah. like let them do whatever and then when you come back it all comes back to you um mm -hmm. and i've always been fascinated by that because how the hell do they do do they do that uh is it cerebral like are they controlling that with their minds or do they have a device that does that um and i've always been curious on that one very good question and um, uh, my yeah yeah fascinating but my from my work it didn't seem like they they used something but doesn't mean they didn't use anything it's almost like you know as you say cerebral or whatever they can manipulate the and this like so i don't even think generally uh, hypnotherapists would uh, talk about it well i'm hoping your career really picks up after the uh, disclosure stuff happens because i'm sure a lot of people will seek you out now that they know that the stigma sort of disappearing from it right. um, but uh, yeah that is something i wish you know i guess so it's just she's talking to somebody like you it just reflects it right back on me but yeah that's what i wish <laughs> i wish that uh yeah this is something that at least in the uh, medical field because mm -hmm. my experiences with you know um, psychologists and uh, psychiatrists mm -hmm. haven't generally not been good in the sense of like you know like you're they're talking about your you know your meds your prescription how you're ups and downs have been going but they don't ever it's not somebody i would ever be comfortable with saying hey by the way uh this happens to me sometimes right um well, and i always wondered that it it's very interesting human um reality like uh, those people they may be comfortable talking about it with me but then they have to make sure um our session is very confidential camila um because of uh, it, it, what's you know out there? Like sometimes I would think, for example, if you know Nazi uh, uh, soldiers, they 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 are taking those Jews to the concentration camp, right? And uh, 
why would those soldiers be so cruel and not showing any mercy? And I would think maybe not because they are cruel as a person, but because they cannot, because they they have to have a job security too. So they're watched themselves. They have to be that cruel person to be safe. So they are not just not as free. The soldiers may not as free as the the the, the Jews. You know what? Yeah. I mean? So it's the same here. Those people that don't step up, not because they don't want to, not because they don't see the validity, because they're afraid of their own job security. Yeah, and I don't like I said, I don't blame them. We all do this grind day to day work stuff, which. Again, like I was talking to Ted uh, previously, and we were just talking about how most of everything in the human world is make-believe. We all contribute to it, like job, insurances, um, you know, your everyday newscast. Like, all that's make-believe. It's not part of nature. It's part of men's intellectual property, and we all contribute to it, to the illusion of it. But it doesn't mean anything in the realm of reality reality lives outside those boundaries and i think that's our problems as species we think in boxes and a lot of it of human civilization takes place in our minds doesn't take place out in the physical world right um and i think that's what's hard to describe with these events is that they don't they're not uh, conventional no and for these people it's how do you explain that to people that live in those boxes you can't uh, and I feel for those people because it's like crap. Like, mm-hmm. how do you go on like day to day, face to day, knowing, hey, this happens to me every once in a while, and I know that it exists, but nobody will believe me. And I'm surprised these people aren't losing their minds. I would. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. But uh, yeah, see, this is therapeutic for me now. So I'm just revealing all this. <laughs> Way to go! <laughs> You're good. <laughs> But I would question that. Like, nobody believes me. So why would you need anybody to believe you? But that's the thing. Do we need people to believe us culturally? Like, if something like that happens to us, do we need people to at least believe that it happened to us? I think the people closest to us is who we want to believe our story. Um, I I could care less about Joe Bob down the street. That Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with me. But if somebody's having this experience in their own family doesn't want to hear from it or they know they can't talk to their family about it because of religious or cultural appropriations. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's certain cultures that live even within the Fraser Valley that um, they're very conservative, right? And we got even religious groups of all kinds in the Fraser Valley and a lot of them are conservative. So these are people that are going to come forward and say, Hey, you know, in church service, I've had this really weird experience with these little entities. Anybody else here? Like, yeah. um, I think that's, that's what's messed up with our, our species is that we're all over the place. We all think differently and our ideologies are all different. So coming to grips with this phenomenon is, is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to take a while. I think. Yeah. But, uh, Those people who said it's hard for people to believe, I normally have this to tell them. You know where leaders are, there's never a crowd. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, so don't don't try. Just leaders lead. Just lead. Let them follow you. I believe me, that's enough. And normally our family members, they are not our audience, really. So we move from organization. <laughs> they were listening.
You move on. Which one? Yeah, move on. Yeah, definitely. Well, there, yeah, there's plenty of organizations and and outsources out there that uh, or resources. Now, I know there's a lot of groups that are starting to um, they're called five E groups, so people that um, believe they've had abduction cases and mm-hmm. and more in depth uh, experiences. They they're, they're forming groups now online, so people um, if they want to reach out to those groups, they can. But like I said, just the hypnotherapist, I was, I was so happy when I, I researched you because I found you before uh, I did this podcast because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, who, who could I work with that's local? And then I found you and I was like, mm. so happy that there was somebody in, you know, pretty, pretty much my vicinity that I could work with mm-hmm. uh, because that's my biggest fear is to have, you know, a case or two pop up where I really want to help these people to refer them to somebody local, but I can't. Mm. And um, like I said, I'm very grateful that you're doing that because it seems to be a niche market, Camilla. It is, yeah, indeed. Mm. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for your time on uh, UAP studies. I'd like to have you on again uh, if we have uh, an abduction. um, I'm going to have more abduction specials, if you will, Mm. uh, on the show. So it would be nice to have uh, you on again, of course, as a uh, returning uh, guest speaker if you're up for it oh yeah totally anytime it's fun <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us today you're very welcome